Hello, welcome back to Onto the Ball. I hope everyone's well. Feels like we haven't had any football for two or three weeks now. Um, so we've had nothing to talk about. We've been busy in our lives as well. Especially especially Trav, who's been on holiday to Jamaica. Um, but yeah, I'm joined as always. I can't do one without him. Otherwise, it'd just be me talking to a screen on my own. How are you, Trav? You okay? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I've had a tiring week. Um, coming back off holiday with the jet lag and the time difference um, being six hours behind and then flying back and having to go fast forward six hours in time but I've had a week of work and recovery so I think next week I'll feel brand new but it's it's been good I had a really good time and it's just good to be back now and getting back into the swing of things and stuff so yeah back in time for all the football I don't know about you but Um, this felt like when Covid hit and um all the football got cancelled for a few months. It was like that, um, obviously. Yeah, it, it seemed it seemed to drag. To be fair, because obviously we had the Queen's death, and then um, we had a few dead international. We had break. a couple of weeks straight into the international break, so it's felt like three weeks, hasn't it, before we're about to get back into it again. It's been horrendous, um, and certainly from Liverpool's point of view, our season starts tomorrow, and I can't wait. Yeah. I've seen a, a few posts on. Um, online showing how many games are on in October. I think there's only five ga- five days in October when there isn't either a Premier League game or a Champions League game. I mean, you joking? Uh, so how many fixtures have you got? Uh, I think Liverpool have got something ridiculous, like eleven in thirty-five days, something like that. No way! It's just a feast of football. Um, yeah. But yeah, can't wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back into it. I'm going to have the girls football tomorrow morning. Um, we're about 30 miles away. Hopefully we'll get a win there. And then it's going to be yeah. couch for the half 12 game. Arsenal, Spurs, yeah. Liverpool, Brighton, three o'clock. Um, yeah. Half five, West Ham, is it? I West believe, Ham, I think it is somewhere. West Ham, yeah. And obviously Sunday, yeah. Man United, Man City, which we'll get on to later. But I cannot mm. wait. Um, but yeah, I thought we'd start with England. Um, okay, yeah. They obviously have been relegated from Group A in a Group B tier, and it's not really an ideal preparation to go into a World Cup. No one knows mm. who's going to be in the squad. No one even knows who deserves to be in the squad. I don't think even Gareth Southgate is going to know what he's doing at the minute. No. What, what does he do? Um, I thought I'll kick off by asking you about Harry Maguire. I thought he was abysmal against Germany um, and he is an abysmal player <laughs> I've said that for time yeah, now, yeah, you, you've made that very clear for a number of years to be fair to you you called that a long time before I did I tried to give him a chance obviously with a little bit of bias in there that he was a Manchester United player but he's I getting think, worse isn't he he's, he's obviously yeah. nothing to do with ability now his confidence is gone he doesn't know whether to stick or twist and it's gone from about bad to worse I think when a player goes to a bigger club from a smaller club, I think there's always that element of doubt as to whether they can make that step up to the level. Um, But it's very rare that you see a player go to a club and decline, like, beyond the ability that he came with. (laughs) Do you you know what I'm saying when I say that? So, like, like you said, I think he's even worse than when we signed him. Now, I think... The confidence now is a massive contributing factor to that. I think he's lost confidence in his own ability. And I think if you watch 
a lot of his interviews, he does try and mask it with quite like defensive responses to um, people that are interviewing him, like, oh, well, I wouldn't be playing if I wasn't good. And yeah. like, just so he bites a lot. Do you know what I mean? I think he's quite easy to wind up. And he's I trying think to pretend he's really confident, but it's almost yeah. like you can see through it where yeah. even he doesn't believe the words he's saying. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake we made was making him captain straight away. I think that probably brought an unwanted pressure to him. But I think when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed him, he tried to like set this precedent of like, oh, he's just come off the back off the back of a really good Euros. If I make him captain with that feel good factor and that bus and the fact that he's English in this country playing for Man United, I think he just thought it would automatically all fall into place for Maguire and for Oli. And, and that's, I can sort of see his thinking in Oli's defence with that, but it's just not worked out. Like the price, the price tags weighed heavily on him. Um, I think the way certainly Ten Hag's going to try and play in the future is with a higher line than normal. I know if you look at um, the way we've played at the moment, we're not really getting after teams probably as much as people would have thought. But I think Ten Hag's changed quite a lot from the first couple of games when we got beat by Brighton and Brentford. And I think he's dropped a little bit deeper. But what kills Maguire for me is not necessarily like the tactical element, like, oh, we can't play in a high line or all this. I think if you make individual mistakes with no one around you, you're not going to get very far. And I think it's just every time he gets the ball, he just makes a mistake. And every time he comes up against somebody physically, his attributes just don't allow him to be able to recover pace-wise or he's more often than not in the right position, uh, in the wrong position. I, I just think, yeah, like a lot of his performances have been, have been quite calamitous, but if he can get his head down and fight for his place, that's the attitude you want him to show. I think for his, from his perspective, in, a, in, a, in, in the most polite way, he probably hopes that somebody get picked up a little injury and he and he can get a run of games and try and build his confidence back. Maybe a couple of Carabao Cup games or Europa League games and a couple of solid performances in those games first before he starts coming back into the Premier League. But now I think it's a long road back for him. What would you do if you were Gareth Southgate? Surely with his confidence shot and his ability questionable, is he starting yeah. in the World Cup? Is the first game a run? I believe it is a run, yeah. I wouldn't mm. start in there. I think there's plenty of other options. Like I don't normally England are notoriously um they're quite renowned for having a lot of top quality centre halves. I think England are quite scarce at centre half at the moment, to yeah. be honest. I don't think there's a lot of options. If you look, I think you've got obviously John Stones is probably the one that not stands out necessarily in terms of his ability, but he's probably the most assured the one playing at the highest level at City at the moment. So you think he's he's definitely assured of his place mm. at, in terms of his starting position. But then if you look below that, I think you've got Connor Cody, Maguire, Eric Dyer, Joe Gomez, and then Tamori, who, who just yeah. can't get a look in. He just can't get a look in um, from AC Milan. Playing well just doesn't get used. And even Chris Smalling, I don't really know if he's been going to be involved, but... We don't tend to use a lot of English players in foreign leagues in the England squad because mm. I think there's quite a, um, a hype around the Premier League. Like it's the, it's the place to be, which it is in certain aspects. But I do think if 
Maguire starts in the World Cup, I think it's going to cost Cap Southgate, Southgate his job. I think it's that um, cut and dry. He's performing yeah. that badly. I think it could cost him his job, to be honest. And I think that's always been England's downfall, really. You, pretty much every England manager, they pick names. Or mm. they'll either pick a player and play them out of position for where they normally play. Um, yeah. The ones that I'm thinking of will be Kyle Walker. You'll try him in yeah. centre-back. Has he ever played centre-back for Man City? Um, not really. Then you've got Luke Shaw, who's not in the Man United team. He looks a shoe-in for mm. left-back for England. Maguire will probably start for England. I yeah, think Southgate is quite a, a loyal manager. Um, he's mm. certainly shown that with Jordan Pickford in the past. So, you know, when you're picking players for England that can't get in the club side, straight away you're thinking, hang on, something... Something isn't quite right here. You'd be picking yeah. players that are at the absolute pinnacle of their game. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean that leads me on to Trent Alexander Arnold. The way I see it, the way I see it as well, mate. Just before you move on to Trent, is sometimes a player has got lots of ability, but they're just not playing for their club because, like, they're coming back from injury, or they might have just they're a little bit out of form or somebody right another example let's say Casemiro has just joined United we know he's clear of McTominay but McTominay's playing well and deserves to keep his place so from Brazil's perspective they're not going to not pick Casemiro just because McTominay's playing do you know what I mean McTominay's probably the informed player out of the two and Casemiro's just joined the big difference with Maguire is that he's not playing well like he's not he's not performing well so it's not like he's going into an England team and he's just he's just being like, not been playing for my by yeah an because somebody's brand. ahead of him yeah he's been dropped because he's been horrendous he started the season this year as captain in the side and we conceded six goals in two games when he played and I'm not solely putting it on Maguire but what I'm trying to say is is he's not playing well at the moment so I don't actually understand the loyalty angle from Maguire, um, from Skarasaki in in regards to Maguire because he's not performing well. If he was performing well for club and country, then then he, I think he'd have a little bit of a debate. But I just can't see it. He just keeps playing him and he keeps making mistake after mistake and he keeps defending him. It's just a a, a vicious cycle that's never going to end. It's just it's a bit of a mess, did. really. Like you say about yeah. it, when you look at the options, you've got so many centre backs that are used to p- playing in a three as well. Um, yeah. being Eric Dyer, Connor Cody. So would you try them in a four? Do you go three at the back? It's just, it's all a mess. I don't know yeah. what, what way he's going to go. Well, I think England do need to be a little bit more positive I mean, with the options that they've got. I mean, if they're playing a three at the back, people say you play a three at the back because you defend, your centre backs aren't good enough. I don't always think that's the case, but I think in England's case, it is the case. Mm. because you've got Maguire and then two other centre-backs as well who they're not world beaters let's say you had a back three of Maguire, Dyer and Stones it's not unbelievable is it it's not, not one of the best in world football then you sit Rice and Phillips or Rice and Bellingham in front of that with two wing-backs it's just like you've got Foden, Mount, Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, Saka, Kane they're not getting any service because you've got seven players behind the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, how how do you expect to be expansive and score lots of goals when you sell up that way? 
Absolutely. And I think Southgate has to take a lot of responsibility for that. I think he's not got he's not left himself much time. Another example, just before we move on, sorry, I said that again, but Ivan Tony, another player who was picked in the provisional squad, banging goals in the Premier League, didn't play in either of the two mm-hmm. friendlies. So what do you learn as an England fan? Like you're watching these games and you see the same thing that you've seen for the past five, six friendlies that hasn't really worked. We've got a draw against Germany and, and we've, not beating anybody else in about four or five games. Hungary slapped us. Mm. Um, Italy beat us. So for me, I'm not going into this World Cup with any kind of optimism, really. And I, and I certainly don't know what team he's going to pick. I think sometimes when you talk about like Ivan Tony, sometimes just chucking him in there just for a bit of a novelty. Like I don't know if you remember when David Nugent got a cap. Um, he yeah. actually stole a goal off Jermaine Defoe, I think. And then you never seen him ever yeah. again. So it's almost... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What was the point in Ivan Tony? Um, yeah. But yeah, just moving on to Alexander Arnold. Yeah, we spoke a couple of podcasts ago about what is wrong with him, and I mentioned you know maybe it's Salah's contract, maybe he's a bit jealous, maybe thinking you know this we had a wage structure, you've just smashed it, but you told me in my negotiations. So we've always wondered: is there a fallout there? Is he upset? Does he no longer want to play right back? That was another another theory maybe said to Klopp, I want to be further advanced. I'm 23 years old now. Um, I was nurtured as a midfielder and I'm still right back. I've wondered now after this international call-up and pretty much snub, I wonder how much Klopp's comments have had an effect when Southgate put Trent Alexander-Arnold in midfield. Do you remember it about six months ago? Um, Yeah. And I think he only played a half and then after the pundits were like, it was an experiment, it didn't work. And of course, Klopp went on to his press conference and was like, why did he do that? It made no sense to me. Now, I'm not sure mm. if, if Trent maybe took offence to that, thinking that's going to harm my chances now with Southgate. You've basically tried to mug them off. Um, yeah. Maybe Southgate's thinking, I tell you what, I won't even pick your player then. So whether it's had a detrimental effect, because obviously Alexander-Arnold, is, he's a massive talent. Is he left mm. wanting defensively? Some think he is, some think he isn't. It's outweighed yeah. by what he brings going forward. But again, it's that sure. thing what I mentioned a minute ago about England seem to call up a player and try them in something that is not their natural position for a club. And it makes no yeah. sense to me. But I do believe Trent has said to Clark, um, I want to move further forward now. You know, you yeah. the peak of your career, it's from 20 to 30. He's 23 now. He'll be 24 soon, no doubt. Then 25. There might be a thing where, am I just a right-back forever now? Is mm. he coming to terms with it? Or is he saying, I could be as good as Kevin De Bruyne in the centre of that park? It just feels there's something going on, something I'm, I'm not quite comfortable with. And yeah. it's... Well, it's a, I can just it feel there's something. To tango, like, I think it takes two tango, doesn't it? Like I think... If Trent wants to move position and feels that he's got more to offer in midfield, then the coaches, both in the England setup and and the Liverpool setup, they've got to be feeling it. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, if there's a disconnect in terms of what Klopp wants, what Trent wants, and what England want, then they're all going to be fe- going to be left feeling a little bit underwhelmed with what they're getting because mm. Trent must feel a little bit confused and a little bit annoyed that he's probably not getting his wishes or he's not being developed in that way. But then 
like England are just calling them up and not really like they're playing a back three with wing backs and he's not first choice. So we probably think that'd be perfect for bit, him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, but he probably feels a little bit unloved as well. Like he's not getting the game time that he probably wants. Like James is probably ahead of him for England. And and another thing with Trent as well, I do, I wouldn't, I don't want to say too much is being made of his defensive frailties because it's an obvious issue in certain games but you think back to the last 18 months in terms of the last like one and a half seasons he's not been exposed as much as he's been exposed at the start of this season I think it's been really magnified because the team's not had a good start I think if you made the start that you had in the previous two seasons there would be nowhere near as much noise as there is now do you know what I mean absolutely yeah, and I think that's something that's been blown out of proportion a little bit with the Trent thing. Like you said, he's a talent, he's a top player. I think he can play midfield. He can obviously play right back. Yes, he, he, do you know what I mean? He can't defend, but in certain it, situations, but not all the time, it's just certain lapses of concentration or whatever. But it might be just a case of, like, obviously Salah doesn't really have, he's, he's not had to do that sort of defensive side of his game for 18 months. Maybe we just ask you ask Salah a little bit just to double up and just help him out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? There's there's ways around it if you if you want to get that start getting the best out of him, him again. Best out of him again. But in terms of confidence, that's the biggest thing. It'd be his confidence that's hurting at the moment. Once his confidence gets back up, I think he's gonna be fine to be honest. I, I wouldn't worry too much. And let and let's say he doesn't play for England for a while, who cares? Do you know what I mean? It's benefited a lot of players. England Especially if he has a rest for the whole of November, it'll, it'll benefit. Yeah. We'll have Trent having a rest, Salah having a rest, Matip having a rest. Um but yeah, Probably I was just about to say do him a favour. Yeah. <laughs> just uh go say yeah, Matip coming back. Or I've seen enough. It's it was only one game uh, against Ajax with Matip back in and I've seen enough already that transfer trans uh, forms our whole side with Matip back in there. Tiago, when yeah. he come on, I can already see what we're we're going to be yeah, back to where we, we are. It. It's been over overcooked. People have been worrying. Obviously, Elliot's been thrown in on the right side of midfield there. Hendo's back now, so I'm pretty sure that our fortunes are going to turn really quick, as will yeah. the fortunes of Alexander Arnold. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm so. not too worried, and I'm not too bothered if Alexander Arnold don't go to England. To be honest. Yeah. I think it will do him a favour, to be honest. I think, um, um, like just, you said, keep him fresh. Just quickly, it's on my mind. Is there any truth in the rumours that Maguire has blamed David De Gea for his poor form? I meant to say that while we were talking about Maguire. Yeah, Is that true? Like the, apparently they fell out? there was some quotes. Yeah, apparently there was some quotes <clears throat> saying sources close to Maguire said that like he's blaming De Gea's like, lack of communication and stuff. And... Um, the lack of command of his box and stuff and the indecision that De Gea gives to the defenders and basically said if Ruben Diaz and him swapped clubs then he would be thriving at City and (laughs) Ruben Diaz would be struggling at United I tell you what Alexander played for England Alexander Arnold uh, needs a confidence boost but I don't think Maguire does saying things like that he's either masking it and pretending he's really confident when his performances Mm. suggest otherwise or but yeah we'll move on Um, (laughs) I just want to touch on Darwin Nunes a bit 
and then probably I'll, I'll lead into Liverpool against Brighton mm. uh, and then you can get on to Man United Man City yeah. Nunes I feel there's a, a big player that signed for Liverpool and, and by no means am I comparing these two players alright because we'll keep it professional yeah. on the podcast and then on the group yeah, chat yeah. you'll be like I can't <laughs> believe okay uh, Joe Cole signed for Liverpool yeah. And he got sent off on his debut. Or it, right. if it wasn't his debut, it was his second game against okay. Arsenal. He never recovered. Granted, he was 29, yeah. or maybe even 30 by then. Because he, okay. he signed for us when he was 29, maybe 30. But the, Darwin Nunez's introduction to Liverpool has been so stop-start. Mainly his own fault with that moment of madness yeah. against Crystal Palace. Um, yeah. But it's been... It was just bad luck after bad luck. The red yeah. card. He hasn't been able to yeah. build up any sort of momentum like Haaland. And I'm not going to compare yeah. Nunes to Haaland either. Yeah. yeah some, um, some, but then yeah. obviously, God rest us all. The Queen dies. The international break. He's gone away and bagged a goal. Assisted by Luis Suarez, by the way. Twitter went mental. Yeah. Um, it's been bad luck after bad luck. And that can happen. Mm. He, he's got to keep his head now get his head down, work hard and, and, and I'm obviously I'm, I'm hoping he plays against Brighton. He needs to get sure. in the side now. People are raving about Diogo Jota and rightly so. I think he got another goal at the weekend or during the week for Portugal um, and he looks okay. so so bright against Ajax. He's, he's a great talent. I don't know what way Klopp's going to play it against Brighton at home mm. but I do hope he goes Nunes I just want to see him in a run of five games now. Yeah. Because I'm worried. I'm really yeah. worried. Um, he's obviously our most expensive signing. We've seen flashes of brilliance. The four goals that he scored pre-season. The goal that he scored against Fulham was that deft touch back heel. The header against yeah. Man City when in the community shield were flying. We thought, right, we've got a player. And then it's been stop-start stuttering. And I'm worried it's going to kill his confidence a bit. And he'll feel the sure. stop-start. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm praying he starts. But Brighton on Saturday at home, three o'clock. It, it's it's a great game, really. It's at home. Brighton have just lost their manager. You know what what kind of an effect that can have. Um, yeah. So we're we're looking for nothing less than three points, really. And it's all coming. It seems to be coming good for us at the right time. Klopp, as I've just mentioned, there alluded to, he's going to have a bit of a selection problem. Kanate's back in training, Matip's back, uh, Robertson's fit, Alexander Arnold, midfield, Thiago, Hendo's back, Fabinho, Elliot, Carvalho. Up front, he's got all five fit Jota, Firmino, Nunes, Diaz, Salah. Um, if, I, if I take a stab at the lineup, I think he will play the probably what is on paper the strongest 11. TAA yeah. right back, Matip, Van Dijk, Robbo, Fabinho holding, Hendo on the right, Thiago on the left, Diaz, Nunes, Salah. And I can't hope for anything less than three points. I actually got offered a ticket to it and I had to turn it down. Did you? Uh, yeah, the missus is away in Tenerife, so I had to turn uh, it down. I've got the kids. Um, but yeah, it's going to make for I a good game. I thought something about Robertson being injured, actually. He, he was before the international break, but I'm sure he's back training right. now. All right, okay. Yeah, he missed the yeah, international I think, break. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's, I think it is a good game. 
Um, it'll be a test, but like you said, Brighton just lost the manager. It's a good, it's a good time for you to get a good win under your belt. And in terms of the performance levels, after international break, though, it's always dodgy. Players come back from long flights and from all over the world. So you can never guarantee what sort of condition your players are going to come back in. I think the good thing about it now is that they come back a lot earlier in the week. They're coming back around like Monday night, early Tuesday. So you can get three or four days training in before the game. Um, now, I think it's a bonus. I think you've had a lot of injuries. If the players are coming back now and start getting up, I think you have to put a run together from now to the World Cup. That's what's important, I think, for Liverpool. Absolutely. Um, obviously missing the Chelsea game through postponement and I don't know if you yeah I think you might have had another game that was postponed too in between that time we had two definitely we had the Leeds game um that was off and we had another game as well that we should have played I think yeah. it was um I we two as well that. yeah so you were two we were two so again we're playing catch up Arsenal well played a game didn't they they played Brentford so it's important with a chasing pack that they that they don't fall away really. Because, Absolutely. Like Arsenal do look really strong. Man City obviously always gonna be in and around there. So um yeah, I think I do expect Liverpool to win. I think it'll be tight, but I do think you'll win two one. Um let's I think Salah is due a goal. Do you know what I mean? Um I've had to take him out of my fantasy Premier League team because he's <laughs> killing me mate. Like thirty million and he's not doing a business on that. What's going on? So I've taken him out um, and, and Sod's lawyer probably go and get a hatty at the weekend but I hope so. um, yeah I fancy it to win 2-1 with Salah to score definitely I think I'm going to go 3-0 I've just got got a feeling there's going to be a bit of anger from a couple of players Alexander-Arnold uh, Thiago was left out of the Spain yeah. squad I'm sure so he's going to be fit and firing Nunes is obviously mm-hmm. as we just said stock start he's going to be raring to go Jota's back to full fitness I'm um, Hoping for quite a comfortable win, but yeah, it's obviously played on grass, so we'll have to see mm. what happens. Um, sure. Man United, Man City, huge game, huge, huge, especially after obviously with the two games that we missed now, it's it's straight into it. There's no hiding places in a game like this at all. Um, I think we had a couple of injury problems with like Rashford, Martial hasn't played this season, so. I think he well, was he played against Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he was going to miss the game, but apparently he's trained this week. Rashford missed the game before the international break, um, but he's back in training. So hopefully those two can feature in the game. But I think, as as you said, Haaland's the man in form. He's the one that we've got to start, um, along with Kevin De Bruyne, who just supplies everything. So they've got threats from all over the place. Um, we're in good form. Their form's been a little more indifferent quite recently. But the good, the, the thing is about City is they've just got so much firepower, and I don't think they have to be at the best, and they can smash you to pieces. So that's I think I think we need more or less the perfect game um, to come away with a result, which I, I'm quietly I'm quietly confident. I think we can get a result. You know, I think we've done well at the Etihad and against City over the last five, six, seven years, we've done quite well in the big games, even when we've not been performing well across the season. Holly loved a, well a result him. against City, didn't he? He did, yeah. He got quite a few good results against City, home and away as well, to his credit. So, I'm actually, I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, in starting lineup. Yeah. Um, 
back four pick the, itself. The, 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 back, the back five picks itself, yeah. We've had good international break. Um, Dallo got a couple for Portugal, played really well. Martinez clean sheet against Jamaica for Argentina. Um, Varane as well. I, I know Denmark beat France, but Varane wasn't playing in that game. The game before Varane played, they kept a clean sheet. And Malassia, Netherlands beat Belgium as well. So the back five's playing really well. Um, Casemiro? I expect... Um, I don't expect Casemiro to come in now. I just think he's going to go with McTominay again. Played, he actually played really well for Scotland. I expect him to keep his place. Eriksen's playing unbelievable at the moment and got um, United's player of the month. So he will play along with Bruno Fernandes. The front three is where I'm a little bit unsure what's going to happen. I think Sancho will play because he didn't travel. So he's going to be the freshest. Um, Anthony will depend on like the Brazilian the flight and what sort of condition he comes back in. But I do I expect Sancho to play, I expect Rashford to play, and then I expect either um, Martial or Anthony to be that other player. Um so yeah, more or less the same team that, that won our last game to be fair. Martial back. Martial I don't know if he's back. I don't know if he's back. Um again he's been in training and I think he's progressing well. But I think it's a big game to chuck him into if he's not played. I think he might be on the bench, which would be a good option to bring on as well. Because, again, he's done well against City in recent years. But, yeah, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think we'll score first. And I think City will equalise and they'll have a load of chances. But I just think we'll hang on. And I'd be delighted with a draw, to be honest. If you ask me that now, I'd be delighted with it. If we lose, I won't be surprised. But if we won, I also wouldn't be surprised. It's, do you know what I mean? In that, in that sort of game, anything can happen. Forms that goes out the window. Um, but if we stop Haaland, it gives us half a chance. I know I said it at the top of the show, but what a weekend of football. Oh. Arsenal and Spurs half 12 tomorrow. I mean, they're both flying. They don't get much better. It doesn't get much better than that to start of the weekend, to be fair. Yeah. They're both absolutely on flames. I mean, Arsenal... They're on, they are on fire, to be honest. You've got to give it to them in terms of the way they're playing. and In terms of how they look, organisation, the set-up. Um, the squad depth's a big thing in terms of if they get a couple of knocks out. Thomas Party makes mm. such a difference to them in field. You know, when he doesn't play, yeah, you can tell when he doesn't play. So I think... Same with Odegaard. Odegaard mm. is fantastic. Yeah. That's at the Emirates as well, isn't it? Yeah. So I yeah, fancy Arsenal to nick it because Spurs' record at the Emirates is yeah. shoddy. It's terrible. I think it's one um, of them that whoever was at home tomorrow, I would fancy them two one. Yeah. So yeah, I think Arsenal win two one. I'm gonna go two one Arsenal as well. Definitely both teams good. to score. Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, so far this season, you you don't really associate Arsenal with like defensive frailties. Normally, they're quite soft-centered set plays or just something they give you chances like to win games. But they've not even been like that. Like yeah. even when we beat them, they didn't really look super vulnerable. They just defended a couple of goals poor, but it wasn't like a continued theme throughout the game where they was just like giving us chances left, right, and centre. They just lost their head for a good ten minutes and they lost that match. Yeah. But no, they look a lot different. They're definitely improving under Arteta and Spurs. I think Spurs have got another couple of gears left because I think once they sort their fullback areas out, they've got good depth, but I just think they sort their fullbacks out. 
um, obviously Sassignon there, and they, they chop and change quite a, quite a bit in midfield as well. Has like Basuma had any chances yet? Well, he's not been starting games, which mm. I'm quite. I think he will eventually get like be starting games and get into the side. But again, it's a good. It's testament to the depth. Yeah. Like, Richard, like Son wasn't on form for a lot of this season. Richarlison came and scored a couple of headers, and I think that sort of spurred spurred Son on. Um, excuse the pun, but yeah, it did. I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and he banged the hat trick against Leicester, and he will be chomping at the bit. I think he'll actually start tomorrow um, lunch it makes for a fascinating game um, yeah. can't wait it could go over time mm. right um, we're going to end it there um, don't yeah. forget to like and subscribe if you've enjoyed the content we're going to be doing a lot more streams yeah. now Travis is back from his holidays uh, now that the football's yeah. back Um hopefully get on maybe Sunday night for a, a bonus stream to talk about the weekend no doubt there'll be loads yeah, of talking points VAR see who's grabbed the three points and who hasn't um, mm. but yeah cannot wait join us for the next stream Travis yeah. thank you very much and I'll speak soon cheers guys